Okay, everybody. Thank you so much for taking the time to show up to Embracing AI and Transportation Logistics. My name is Jay, and we're going to treat this kind of like a live ATI show. So we have a partial audience too, which is appropriate because this is transportation, and not everybody's paying attention to what we're doing and talking about. That's unfortunate, but it does happen. We have the collision in digital physical worlds today is kind of what we're going to talk about as far as where AI and transportation meet. Transportation is still in the physical world, will be, it'll stay there, there'll be problems because of that. As the digital world accelerates, I've already heard a couple things said on stage that I thought, that sounds great, but I don't know if when you get to the point where it's getting picked up and delivered, if it actually is going to be like that. Maybe not yet. Hopefully sometime soon. I want to thank the Used Car Week and Cherokee Media Group for having us here today to do this presentation and conversation. Yeah, it starts as a presentation, but this is a conversation. Feel free to engage with these gentlemen as they talk. Again, I'm Jay Wurzberger, founder of ATI Auto Business YouTube channel. We have Doug Hannon, Vice President of ATD Auctions with us today. Royce Neubauer, CEO, Auto Hauler Exchange. Rod Hamill, President, Hamill Logistics. Ty Thompson, CEO, Cars on the Move. All right, so AI. What does the evolution of AI and remarketing logistics look like in the next five years? How will buyers, sellers, and consigners use AI at the auction? Generating more accurate initial reports, inspections, new level detail, location strategies, and vehicle remarketing, scheduling, monitoring, GPS tracking of all the units. I want to start with Doug. Doug? Where do I start? Do I, do, do I need a mic? Can you guys hear me in the back? If I have a mic, I might, you might just be blown out of that. Uh, you want to just jump right in? Please. I love jumping. You know, I love we, it. Yeah, yes. we jump right in. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I've seen all the movies about AI, right? They, like, take over the world. They launch missiles. AI just, I don't think that's going to happen yet. Uh, but what has happened with AI already it's changed our lives, not just in our industry, but just everyday lives are changed by it. To focus in on our industry, I'll give you a quick example. We just recently launched a, you know, we're an auction, uh, but we also let on our own transportation board too, that's all part of it. Um, because of the AI, today, a dealer can say, hey Doug, I have these vehicles that I have a need for. Very specific, down to OBD2 codes. If it has this code, I don't want it. If it has mismatched tires, I don't want it. We take all that information, put it in the system. Any vehicle auctioned off anywhere in the United States in our system that meets that criteria clearly, based on the data, based on the, the inspection data, which is also used AI, uh, says, okay, these vehicles, this dealer needs. And by the way, nobody's involved in this once that's set up. There's no people. But the AI says, hey, these are the cars that they need. The car is purchased based on the spread. Uh, automatically, transportation is set up. AI says, hey, this vehicle needs to go from here to there. This is the best deal. Sends out the, the notice. The car is picked up. It's dropped off at the dealer and nobody, nobody touched it. It was the vehicle the dealer wanted in the condition the dealer needed it to be in at the price they wanted to pay and transported it to their door and nobody touched it. Think about that for a second. How many people did it take before this to make all that happen? 
How many times did they have to call transport? How many transporters did they have to call? How many times were they promised the car was gonna be picked up and they didn't get it? It's changed everything. So there's my opener. Is that good? That's great. Thank you. That's the bell for that one. So, okay, so you've got that. You've got the AI and transportation efficiency. What does that do now with the load marketplace, Royce? Yeah, for us, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize, but AI has been around since the 50s. And it's just gotten more sophisticated, more sophisticated and more accepted. Um, so within our business, we're trying to help our shippers, dealers, auctions make smarter, faster decisions and allowing them to connect directly to that carrier, right? So eliminating that human interaction, which I know AI wants to eliminate human interaction, you're never going to fully eliminate that in logistics, and especially vehicle logistics. Somebody has to load the truck. And we want professionals um, to loading those trucks, but also communicating directly with our shippers, whether that's digitally or on the phone. Sometimes they like to pick up a phone and talk to whoever they're working with, right? So when we're building an AI in the back end of our system, it is more about how do we make our carrier better? How do we bring value to their network? How do we keep them coming back to our system? And by creating route optimization tools, uh, creating lead generation tools so they can map out their weeks, not just days ahead of time, so they can see where they're forecasting down the road. Um, they're partnering with carriers or with shippers around the country today directly that they haven't been able to partner with uh, because we built in payment systems, we built in you know the carrier vetting. And when you talk about nobody being involved in the interaction, we have some partners where we're plugged into their back office. As soon as those VINs go in, Companies like Camel can jump online, they see it, they plug them off, just like you're checking out something from Amazon, and the car's picked up and delivered much quicker than the, the previous process, right? Um, I've owned a brokerage, I know what that model looks like, and phone call after phone call after phone call, trying to track down a carrier, trying to negotiate with a carrier. When you're able to just connect shipper to carrier, and allow the digitization to kind of manage that relationship, you're eliminating friction between the conversation of, am I just simply looking for a cheap truck or am I looking for the best possible service that I can get? And we're finding that our shippers want that service. They just didn't know it was available out there to them. They didn't know how many carriers were next to their lots because they were handing it off to perhaps a broker or using a system that wasn't as sophisticated and not giving them as many options as our system pretty much gives them. But when it comes to logistics as a whole and how is it going to evolve, I truly believe that it's changing right in front of our eyes. And I think it's changing for the better. Um, I came from the freight world. I've only been in vehicle logistics for four years. The freight world is so much more evolved and so much more digitized than vehicle logistics is today. So I love the fact that we've got a lot of great technology partners that are coming into dealerships today trying to help them become more efficient, become more transparent, become more intelligent. Um, we kind of looked at it from a different lens. We said, how do we help the carrier first? What is the carrier missing? Why are they, why are they kind of the last one to get offered a tool that's really gonna help them grow? Because we've lost so many drivers in this space over the past four to five years, partially because of COVID, but also partially because the carrier's kind of been left behind. And we wanted to give them an opportunity to have a marketplace where they could go and, and survive and have an ecosystem that they could live with shippers around the country and work directly with them to build up that end of the product. Because I think 
as we look at all the beautiful tools that are coming into our space, if we don't have drivers to pick up and deliver cars, it hurts your service, it hurts the dealer service, 100%. right? So everybody's gonna be impacted. And at the end of the day, the consumer's not gonna be satisfied. So we're trying to keep that consumer satisfaction up, but we're trying to do it in a digital manner to eliminate a lot of wasteful touch and, and, and human error from that standpoint. Thank you. So what I wanna say is then, I, I, I think half the room, a good half of this room works in transportation and logistics. Then we've got, you know, Doug kicked us off. You got buyer, seller, conditional reports. They've got their priorities. Transportation logistics, we've got our priorities. Uh, as we move into the digital future, I, I think there's been a lot of conversations where somebody really wanted to say something or ask a question. So that's what this room is today. If you have something you want to say, if you want to ask a question of an expert in a different area, if you want to talk amongst yourselves, my point is that I want this to be a conversation. We don't have a lot of time, neither do the carriers. So I want to move to, as we go into this digital future, what are the problems the carriers have? Why is this not as easy as it sounds? I'm going to go to the other screen, which contains problems. You have Rob. Yeah, uh, we're talking about the EV. So, um, you know, with the new AI on the app, on the, on the TMS side and on the driver um, app, um, drivers are getting more dependent on the app itself, so when they get in there, it doesn't take pictures of the keys, take pictures of the dashboard and um, the cars around, the roof and whatnot. Sometimes drivers get too dependent on it where they forget to check into the vehicle, whether there's a gouge or any damage to a battery, and we know the AV vehicles, batteries are worth about 40-60% of the vehicles sometimes. Um, and with us uh, being the last part of the food chain basically, everybody's doing their job inspecting vehicles, selling them, getting the right uh, condition reports, then now it's all parts of shipping. So what it comes down to, to us is, um, and that's what the AI kind of jumps in, and like uh, Royce was saying, is the low planning. We use that in our advantage because it's, which shippers in the area, where are we going? We need to keep the trucks full. That's all about efficiency at the end of the day, um, from, from that perspective. Uh, but from the, the, um, carry, the carrier side, it comes down to it that we're actual drivers. The AI handled everything, but the carrier, what, is there anybody that to talk to? No, nobody talked no, to it. And the thing is, is we got to train our drivers because when the driver's world is um, kind of old school, they're not really all into the apps and stuff like this. And that's why we have to coach them and show them what this is all about and why it's there to, the, the tools are there just to protect us, protect our clients and our buyers and sellers and everybody in the game. So, hey, Ty, so how many apps do you like to use? There we go, right? Right. So because of what Jay's built with uh, ATI, this platform, it's given me the opportunity because we put my phone number out there. So people watch this show and people actually call me. So I get a lot of phone calls on a regular basis. I want to be a car hauler, right? So my background, yeah, I had 20 trucks. I just did used dealer auction repo. That's all I know. Right. Oh, so, Mike Glitch. Glitch? So anyway, it's it's really interesting because the, the, the calls that are coming in of a new guy, and we're not talking about a 20-year-old kid, we're talking about a 50-year-old man who's maybe doing life, I don't know what's going on in his life, but all of a sudden he decides, I want to be a car hauler. So do, do you try to talk about it? That's what's exactly <laughs> right. And I mean that, so what I do is to... Two questions for you. The first one you need to know, not me. Starting right now, can you live 12 months without a check? 
I don't need to know, but you do. And you're going to need a lot of money to get in. The second question, who's your customer? Right? So that's even a hard question for a guy like me who's been in the business for 23 years. Who is your customer? Is it a broker? Is it a load board? Is it technology? Is it ACV? And then trying to explain to this guy, new guy, well, there's an app for that. Well, what, I mean, does the guy even know what an auction is? Right? So pause. <laughs> Look where we started with Doug, tech, all this great futuristic now, AI, everything, and where Ty just took us to. How long did that take? 10 minutes? And in the real world, that's how fast it happens too. So suddenly we have two worlds colliding. That's what's happening out there. That's why, where's the guy at? It didn't get picked up. He didn't even show up for his appointment. This is the problem. Let me jump in on yeah. with time. You probably answer one of this is, when we have new carriers get in an industry, they always ask, what trailers do I need? Well, who you, again, who's your customer? Are we targeting OEM? Are we targeting marketing? Are we doing remarketing local? Are we doing it regional or over the road? So there's a lot that comes in, in the picture before a carrier can really decide uh, what market they want to target. Mm, for sure. So it's a, it, how, did, how does, what am I doing here and why am I talking about AI, right? Well, it's because I know everybody in this room and I know what you offer. And Jay's done a great job of, especially on the channel, Jay's done a great job putting everybody out there what you are trying to make this available to the masses, right? So one of the things I like to encourage people to do that are here is to support the channel <laughs> any way you can because it really is a good message. And what's interesting about this, Jay, there's a lot of people here that really understand the value of this platform. And by getting your message out, because are you going to go out of business because you, you, you've got competition? Probably not. You're going to keep doing what you're doing. You can keep getting cars, keep getting them moved, right? So the more we know about you, the more we're able to take your message and share it with other people, even if it's a little messy, right? We'll help you figure it out. That's what we want. We want to move your cars. We want our, our carrier base to be a part of what it is everybody's trying to do. Does anybody want the microphone for a second to say anything, to add anything, a thought? Jeff. I don't need a microphone. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks, uh, Freight's ahead of car haul. Um, AI and technology, how is driver adoption on that side? Uh, what lessons can we learn from yeah. the freight to apply to Carl? So on the freight side, we started adopting driver apps, track and trace tools back in 2013, 2014. The first real good tools started hitting the market probably 2014, 2015. Um, the big term change management was coined, right? How do you change people's perspective and mindset on why would I use that app? Why do I Why do I want Big Brother tracking me? I don't need them knowing where I'm at at all times. Um, so we just had to drive the value on why we're doing track and trace. And, and we're seeing the same pushback in the vehicle side today that I saw in freight in 2015, 2016. Um, we don't want to track a truck to watch them. Correct. The purpose of the track and trace is so we don't have to watch them. So you're only going to have if you're good, 5% outliers where there might be a problem. Driver gets to a location, there's a gate closed, they can't find somebody, boom. That's, that's the shipment we need to focus on. Um, if I've got the track and trace on, then I can communicate more directly with my shipper saying, hey, this isn't a he said, she said. 
I've got a geofence timestamp that shows the driver got there at 10 p.m. Your people weren't there. They were supposed to be there until 11. Right, so it's more of about a transparency thing than, than anything, but anybody that's gonna bring in any type of tools, any technology that's, let's be honest, people are gonna feel like it's infringing on their privacy, right? Whether it's AI that's tracking your information, anytime I open up Amazon, it's trying to shove something else down my throat that I need to buy because they're listening to us all the time, right? So. That's fine with me because it's helping me map out things that I might want to buy and I don't have to just go search and search and search. So we're building in those tools within our product to say, hey, here's lanes that fit your need network and you just tell us what your need is or what you want and we'll keep feeding you what you, based off your profile, right? So you can make quicker, faster decisions, right? So we're not really trying to learn about them. We're trying to help them grow so they can move quicker. And then on the tracking, tracking side is, it is for protection. Yes. It is for building relationships between shipper and carrier. If I have a specific shipper that is on average taking six hours to load them, if, I don't care if they want to wait six hours, that's up to them. But then he will give them that data at the end of each quarter saying, hey, here's your fastest in and out times. You might want to focus more on those shippers. Now that's a way for him to continue to grow his brand, hire more drivers, because drivers don't want to dwell, they want to run, they want to roll, right? At the same time, we can use the same data and coach up our shippers. In your market, you're 30% longer to get vehicles out than your competitors. Is that gonna hurt you long-term, is that benefiting you? Probably gonna hurt you, your truck rates are probably gonna go up, because you're gonna lose carriers who wanna move with you. So, just creating the change management and helping people understand why we're bringing technology to them. If it doesn't bring value to your organization, don't bring it in your organization. But if you see the value that it can bring, and can it help me decrease internal spend, can it help me you know, generate long-term revenue, then you might want to look into it. And if, if it brings value to the shipper, and the carrier can't make sense out of their role in that, I mean, this is where things start to go haywire. I wanted to talk about like autonomous EV. Autonomous and EV. Rob, what's transport mode? Yeah, let's oh. not talk about that. Let's, let's go sideways. Let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about this. How do you get the <laughs> Well, that was the thing. Only one door opens, the other just don't open. Sometimes you get the key out, you lock the car, then not realizing, for example, um, I think, uh, forget what brand it is, but the metal key to, uh, so the remote, after you you're outside, it doesn't work anymore. And the metal key, the blade, to open the door, it's inside the car. So he's talking about, okay, so it's 30 degrees, it's windy, yes. and you got a driver trying to figure out how this thing and gets in it. or out of transport mode. Correct. We get to do the yeah. dealer, we drop the vehicles off, we get the keys out, lock the cars, then by the morning we get a call. Where's the keys? Well, the keys are there. Well, no, we need the blades that goes inside the file. You'll get in them. Well, now we have to use locksmith for new vehicles. And the lab goes on and on. So... Now with my drivers, I'm like, don't physically lock the doors, get out, use the remote. If it locks, great, if it didn't, then you don't need the blades, and so forth. And I want to jump back to Roy's um, talking about the track, uh, tracking. I think it's actually great tools, because previously when I, when I drove, um, not that I've had that as a pet and peeve, but I learned from the drivers, their biggest pet and peeve is a broker calling them, hey, it's 2 p.m., you say you get there at 2.15, are you 15 minutes away? And they're I'm, Getting up the highway, there's traffic, I'm in the middle of Atlanta, let me just get there when I get there. So to us, is sharing that live location with the uh, dealer or with the 
auction or anybody. It's more visibility for everybody. Less communication. They see where the truck is going, and there's no reason to. to and, and nine, nine times out of ten, if that dealer can just see where the truck's at, there are no complaints. They're not going to complain. No, nope, absolutely. Just want the visibility. Correct. Right. And, and, and I explained to our drivers is um, there's a crew that's waiting for these cars. They need to get PDI cleaned up, showroom ready in X amount of days before the weekend. So in order for us to help our client you know, move up to the next phase is help them have more efficient process as much as possible <laughs> versus Friday at 2 p.m. All of a sudden they, they let have their stuff go. Like, hey, we have a short day. Only they know two of our trucks is arriving in 15 minutes with 18 cars. So now they're behind the whole weekend till Monday. So I want to add something is that it seems like there's a lot of focus on development teams working with the client. But when it comes to sending some folks out to meet with carriers or develop those relationships, I don't know if there's a lot of focus on that. Uh, I, I would touch on that real quickly. I, I agree, I just vehicle logistics freight doesn't matter. Logistics in general, I think the trucking side of it has looked looked at as a necessary evil. Like I have to pay to get my own product moved from point A to point B. That's a little frustrating. Um, I never looked at it from that lens. My mindset was, well, without these guys, your customer, your end customer doesn't get satisfied, and that's what your job is to do. You're here to sell your widget or your car or whatever. It's our job to help it move as fit, as efficiently and safely as possible. So that shouldn't be an us versus him or her, that should be an absolute partnership where they are coexisting and working together to make that process more efficient and more intelligent. Um, you know, in the freight world, there's, like I said earlier, a lot more sophistication around building those relationships. Um, we're starting to see good tools in the, in the vehicle logistics realm, and that's why we created the exchanges and say, you know what, let's get out of the way. Let's get that broker out of the way, that intermediary out of the way. So his drivers can go communicate directly with that shipping point. And they can collaborate on, hey, this is what I need to get in and out quicker, and I love working with you, but can we correct this, or can we fix this, or change that? Because every shipper is going to have a different need. Every carrier is going to have a slightly different need. Absolutely. But as long as they fit each other's network, the collaboration should be between them to build out that long-term relationship. And ultimately, we want him to find shippers that he's working with directly because he's still going to use the exchange to maximize his capacity because those shippers may not have enough vehicles on a daily basis to fill out his trucks and if we can continue to maximize these trailers the drivers are all going to make more money it's going to cost the shippers less to ship them and as we add to the network's need when you talk about evs the weights of those vehicles are higher than combustible you talk about home delivery networks you're going to need more trucks delivering vehicles long term so how are we gonna fill those seats? You talk, somebody talked about a 50 year old coming in. How do we get the millennial on the truck? And we also we know get these young people on the truck? There's many different business models. So we never wanna say there's, there's only yeah. one way to do well, it. Well, the, the driver's always looking for the new equipment, the coolest, the shiniest, beautiful that they can have. And uh, also give me the 85 kind of lane. I wanna be home every, every night or be home every weekend. So uh, what, for us is, especially that we've been facing that issue since COVID. Yeah, the COVID, the chip shortage, then this strike. The, the market is up and down. It's, it's been a roller coaster for the past four years. So we learned to adopt, and like we said, like the, ship, the buyer, the, sh the shipper, they're buying today from XYZ auction. Next week they're not. So in order for us to really uh, 
stay in this in, uh, industry and really open our eyes more as we can be more adaptive and more versatile uh, environment. We can't really get stuck to, hey, you're gonna run this lane for X amount of days. Got a question? I do. Um, in, where is the transportation industry as, as far as staffing? I know in COVID we lost a lot of transporters. They couldn't put food on their table, they lost their trucks, etc. Well, now, now that we're out of that, so to say, for a year, um, where is that now in the funnel? And are there more and more people uh, wanting to come and start yeah. their transportation? Before you guys answer, yeah. that question came from Miss Tina Pratt, <laughs> who was honored yesterday as oh, Women yeah. in Market. Wow. Yeah. I, I got a stat from Super Dispatch. Uh, I went to them and I said, I just got a simple question. Can you, with your data, tell me how long a guy stays in business from start to done? Ooh. Yeah, so they took a sample. Scan might have been a part of this super dispatch. They took a sample off of the authority. When they got their authority to when their authority was gone. 1.72 years. Are you kidding? Wow. Wow. Yes. Yep, and, and, uh, and that's true because I think I believe two to three out of ten drivers, qualified drivers, they'll be hired then finish the training. Because, like in the driving world, you can drive the truck, if you can back it up, you're good to go. With us, can you load this, can you load that? And when you're done, now let's bring it to the EVs where everything we tell you, it's backwards. Where you can't do this and, and so forth. Yeah, I have a couple questions. Um, I'm so in regards to like heavy hauling and car logistics, it's completely different, right? So yes. car logistics, you have seven, eight, nine cars in a car as opposed to heavy load, you have like one or two drops, right? So is there, do you think that there is a difference because the technology is so much better for heavy hauls? There's not as many load boards, as many apps, as many people wanting drivers to use that app, like panel, how many apps do you have to use? Like, Right, so it would be so much easier if there's one or two apps for the driver has to use that people wanting all these apps. I just feel like there's so many car haulers and CMS systems that everybody wants their stuff in it, um, whereas it's kind of more centralized, then it would be much easier to think so much because they're including repos because we don't know that that's like a pain point. Um, but I would be kind of wanting to do their own thing and See, if there's a way for us to use one app, we'll all go get it and life will be great. But it's all about our shippers, what they require. Some of them, the OEM world, want things that are a certain way. Some OEM don't care about tracking. Some OEM, we need to know if you picked it up on the 12th, what time on the 12th? And what time have you delivered it? Did they make it the end of the month? They did not do that. Um, on the remarketing side, there's different type of inspection. There's auction to auction moves. They're not really too, um, I'll say, specific on the the type of pictures that we need, but some of them do because they don't. They want to see the condition report have changed in between the moves. Um, dealerships, did you pick up my car with a chipped windshield or not? So, um, and, and another thing is with the auctions, we can leave notes on gate pass and we can leave and we're in good shape. But on the OEM side, um, it has to be marked on the paper with certain codes, stamped and time stamped actually, and left at the gate. So there's the different types of inspections. So I. I don't think there's a way for to consolidate all in one app.
Yeah, centralized, yeah. So how many, again, I, I got a question. How many folks here work at a dealership? Raise your hand, currently. Okay, that's not very many. Uh, <laughs> so how many work in transport, logistics? Okay, do you know why the dealer calls and keeps saying, where the hell's my car? Where's my car? Where's, you know why they do that? Don't trust Sony. It's money, all money. money. So money, here's money. what happens. That used car manager, he gets a, well, what we call a haircut if that car ages over 30 days, meaning he loses money out of his paycheck. And when does that clock start? It starts when they zing their auction access card mm -hmm. and hit floor plan pay, cash pay, ACH. The clock starts ticking. Mm -hmm. So he's losing money when that car's sitting in the back of the auction. He's losing money when it's sitting on that truck. He needs to get that car at the dealership, get it through the shop, get it on the front line, and get it sold. And every minute that it's sitting on that truck or sitting on a lot, he is literally losing money. So I know you guys have probably had the phone call. Plus, moreover, they have PSIs that they have to be removed Correct. from the auction before the PSI. Usually like Correct. five to seven days of the most time. And, and again, it, it's all these things that have to be done and, and the vehicle has to get through before it gets to the lot. It all lands on the shipper. What it's taking so long? Correct. Well, I haven't used. I, I'm. I don't care. What's taking you so long? They it's do. costing me money. Yeah. Well, the truck broke down. Or the driver is well, sick. I don't care. traffic. Why do you do hydraulic lines? Right. Before the guy left. It's, it's all right. You're that. That's why. Add to that sure. on on the repossession side of things, uh, storage fees, right? Yes. But then also, when it gets to auction, you want to verify the the VIN information, your make model, all that, so you can deal with the titling part of it too. So. That, so that, that ties into yep. all times. So. And the carrier, does he know what you just said? Um, does he care? He, to be honest with you, yeah. the drivers, no. They don't. They don't. And no. that's why we <laughs> implemented that in presentation orientation because, like, hey, the reason why we need this move picked up Monday, delivered Tuesday, not Wednesday, because of this. The more money that sits on the floor plan, the more our dealership loses, the less cars they can buy and move. So and, their success is our success. In truth, it's not that he doesn't care or he's trying to they slow it down, it. but he's got a whole other set of problems. Well, yes, you know, the driver's side is we wake up, sunshine, great, hour later, it's raining. You don't know where your gate pass is at. You find your gate pass, you go to the vehicle, it needs a jump. You can bring your boost box, you get it started. Now it's, uh, uh, it's on fuel. You put fuel in it, transmission problems. So we just had like three issues on one car. Where's my car? Where's my car? Where's my car? Or God forbid, if, if Mazda decided to sell 400 cars on that day at an auction, and you get in there looking for Mazda 3 out of 1,500 cars. If we could bring this room to the auction to follow him walk around, yes. try yes. to start, boy, he would love that. So My please wife. do join us at the auction yes, tomorrow at noon. Bring your lunch. And, yeah. and not just that. <laughs> Bring you, a lot of lunch. Not just this. You load the car on the truck. Every, if everything went smooth, you got it. You load it. I actually got a text about that yesterday. He was like, luckily I loaded it on the proper spot because if I had this all, um, on the, the second spot on the trailer, had, the car had no you reverse. You have to move it, yeah. It had no reverse. It only oh, drive. Right. Like, he never put on reverse because he put on drive and left the auction and loaded it. But... When he's trying to get it off, he puts it on reverse, it doesn't go reverse. So the drivers go through so much to get this done. And not to mention is every dealer, well actually I'll say probably about, I don't know, I don't know the number, but I'll say six out of 10 dealerships have no unloading, uh, a safe unloading spot for us. We had a loading in the median right. of the road. The car haulers in the street. It's so In the rude. streets, yes. 
What? Almost lost a guy over there. It just and it, like they jumped in the truck because the guy was texting and driving and he swiped our truck. I wouldn't want to retrieve my wallet from the street. No, exactly. Like load and unload it. Right. So there's a lot that goes. Uh, <coughs> Uh, the drivers deal with, and that's another thing. Like I said, is the track is a great deal because I don't want everybody to pull my driver when they unload, unload it because yeah. this is the most crucial time to them. It's going to be concentrated on what they're doing and not think about two things at once. So if we know where they are, we can communicate to the dealer. They get there in an hour, and or actually dealer will see the location of anything. Just wondering about final moments here. Too. Great question about connecting the technologies, right? There are products in the freight world that you can just layer over top of 10 different apps and it's all funneled into one system. It's just a matter of getting people to collaborate and, and come together to, to do that. Um, but at the end of the day, the true collaboration needs between the driver, dispatcher, and that, that receiver or shipper. I mean, nowhere in the freight world would you see a driver delivering in the middle of a median over road. Just would never happen. Right. Never. So the safety of that driver is a lot different than the safety of a guy bumping a dock for Amazon. So if we don't come together as a community within just vehicle logistics or, or, or in vehicles in general, we're going to continue to lose drivers. They're getting paid more in freight to sit in their cab. I mean, they are. It's just an absolute yeah, fact. Yeah. So if we don't find a way to create a better environment for them and give them tools where they can succeed and start making more money by running the trucks, money helps. We're gonna lose. We're gonna lose that battle over time. It's just an absolute fact. I believe Walmart, Walmart's up to one hundred twenty thousand now a year. Yeah. 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 And that's for a brand. Just, just getting your CDL. Just getting CDL. Yes. And that driver can wake up, uh, do his free trip. Thirty minutes later, he's on the road. Yep. And don't have him home every weekend. That, that's it. Yep. So hopefully that's given uh, some pause. This was short, but fast. We really appreciate you joining us. Uh, Royce, Ty, Ron, Doug, thank you so much. Thank you, Thank you. Can we leave now? Yeah. <laughs> that's lunch. All right.